This is Riz Hatton with the Becker's Dental Pastillo Podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Depesh Patel, founder and CEO of Blueprint Smiles Dental Group. Dr. Patel, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Great. Could you start off by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your background? Absolutely. So, uh, like you mentioned, I'm Dr. Tepesh Patel. I am the current CEO of Blueprint Smiles Dental Group. It is a group based out of Atlanta, Georgia, that I started uh, in about around 2015. Um, I graduated uh, from dental school in 2012, bought my first practice in 2013. Group was started in 2015. I always joke that I'm a recovering dentist since I no longer practice full-time chairside. I uh, actually uh, stepped away from the chair uh, about six months ago, and my full dedication is now to grow the organization as their CEO. Very interesting. What's it like, that transition between the more clinical side to the more administrative position? Well, I was uh, technically doing both for the longest time, but as the group started growing, uh, I found more value in me mentoring the doctors, helping the organization uh, kind of go in a different direction. and. Um, you know, take off and uh, all the things that we want to accomplish. Uh, it, it is different, uh, you know, with uh, clinical dentistry. It has its challenges and uh, not saying that you ever conquer those challenges, but a- after doing it for so long, a lot of it becomes uh, more routine and that, believe it or not, a little bit less stressful. Uh, although there are some clinical days that are absolutely stressful. So whoever's practicing, kudos to you. Uh, patients are tough to deal with and so are some procedures The business side of things is uh, slightly a little bit different. Uh, It's always ever-changing, right? So unlike the routine of a filling, I'm usually doing the same thing over and over. On the business side, it's constantly adapting. You're constantly dealing with uh, humans uh, inside your business, outside your business, and all the different other aspects that affect the uh, business in itself, where you don't always have the same control that you may have felt that you had when you were actually practicing. So it's a different dynamic. It's fun both ways. I think ultimately you just have to find what you're more passionate about and where you can have a bigger impact on. And uh, for me, it started to lean towards the business side. And so that's why I made the hard decision of stepping it away from the chair and letting our great clinicians take over and uh, do a great job there. And um, now I'm dedicated full time to uh, running the organization and supporting them. Very interesting. Thanks for sharing. So my first question for you is, what are the biggest issues you're following in dental today? I don't think it's really changed over the last couple of years. I think it's been a pretty constant theme post-COVID. HR is still probably one of the biggest issues. Um, I think as a whole, the industry needs more hygienists and assistants compared to uh, those that are retiring or have exited dentistry altogether since COVID. So I think there's HR is still one of the biggest issues. And uh, secondarily, you know, dentistry has been, uh, you know, they always said dentistry was pretty recession-proof. And uh, I know we didn't necessarily go through a recession per se uh, and, and said it was inflation. So no industry is really inflation-proof. And so really that's the biggest issue alongside HR probably caused some of that inflationary environment in dentistry. But the margins have shrunk uh, and it's starting to hit dentistry like it's hit every other industry uh, for the first time that I can recall in a very long time. So it's something that kind of following all both of them are kind of hand in hand. The HR inflation has led to inflation overall in dentistry. um, And so margins are shrinking and we're all having to be creative with uh, doing more with less. Yeah, definitely. Could you go a little more in depth about um, how Blueprint Milestone Group is doing more with less and some strategies there? 
Yeah, so I think it goes down to like the fundamentals of business, which I believe it's operations. So it, it goes into, you know, diving deep into the core of your organization and seeing how operationally you can become more sound. And what I mean by that is there's always a lot of waste that we believe happens in, in an office and organization. And we started eliminating that waste at Blueprint Smiles. Uh, some of that is, you know, not needing as many fronts. So if there's technology we can supplement into the process, then that can help, uh, you know, eliminate some of the handoffs and some of the time waste that happens in the office. If you start doing some of these things, then ultimately you can actually see a few extra patients throughout the day that you may not have been able to see before, and uh, that can actually help offset some of that revenue that you need to uh, combat some of that inflation. So that's how we've been doing it. We've been going deep into all of our operational systems and cleaning them up, speeding them along uh, as best we can with a supplement of technology. And uh, when kind of done correctly, the effect isn't so much on your teammates feeling like they're doing any bit more. In reality, they sometimes feel like it's efficiencies making them feel like they're working less and then Ultimately, you can hopefully generate a little bit more revenue without actually needing any more extra bodies. Interesting. Thank you. What are you most excited about and what makes you nervous in dental? Let's, uh, let's start with the excited about. So, uh, you know, for me, it's always been innovation makes me excited. So I know there's been times in dentistry, there's been a lot of new innovation that happened, whether it was scanners in the past, digital x-rays, things of that nature. These are innovations that, you know, we went through in the past. And I think more innovation is going to unfold now due to inflation HR issues. Uh, just like I mentioned, like during COVID, yeah, made the industry change as a whole and the operating models kind of got flipped upside down. I believe the same is going to start happening now as uh, groups and single practices and DSOs, uh, they start to become more innovative because they're, they need to, right, to maintain margins, to keep their doors open. They have to do things that are different, that are outside the norm. And sometimes that pressure is what's needed for an industry to change. So I'm actually excited to see how all that unfolds. You know, AI is becoming more rampant now um, in dentistry. And I think a lot of that push is happening because of a necessity. So I'm excited about all, all those fronts. Um, and as far as what kind of makes me nervous uh, is uh, consumer behavior a little bit makes me a little nervous, right? And what I mean by that is when I got started, you know, 10 plus years ago, uh, patients weren't as transient. If you had a patient that came to your office, there's a good chance the life cycle of that patient was going to be for you know several years, maybe decades with you. I'm starting to see a trend where patients are a little bit more transient than they used to be, and dentistry and dentists are being more treated as a commodity, and that personal touch is kind of being lost. And it's kind of being lost because patients, I don't think, need it as much as they need, needed it before. So we're seeing an uptick in no-shows. I'm seeing an uptick in cancellations. And overall, I'm seeing the life cycle of a patient seems to be decreasing. Um, so that is some things that make me nervous because that means you have to acquire more patients and retention could be a problem uh, since they're moving around more frequently. Sometimes it has nothing to do with the dentist or the office. Now patients are more accustomed to moving more frequently than they ever did in the past. And as a result, they're looking for convenience and they may not want to drive an extra 20 minutes to come see you. So uh, that's kind of making me nervous because uh, it's not something that we're typically used to. We're, we're used to seeing these things in other consumer industries, uh, but now it's kind of getting into healthcare a lot more and more. And that makes me a little nervous because it takes away some of that personal touch that dentistry has always been about. 
Very interesting. Do you have any tips for for dental practices um, for adapting to this new consumer behavior? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, patients are going to need or offices are going to need to have more constant contact with their own patients. In the past, I thought it was, you know, you, you can acquire a patient, get to your office, you treat them well, they'll see you in six months, and that cycle will keep continuing. I think now we almost have to think of it as, as we're marketing towards new patients that we've all been accustomed to doing. I almost believe now you have to keep marketing to your existing patients as well for them to remember you more so than ever before. So uh, for anybody that's listening, I would probably say think of marketing in the sense of not just towards your new patients, but think of marketing of how can I market towards my existing patients to remember me as if I need to reacquire them over and over and over. And that might be a way to uh, have them not leave as quickly as the life cycle is kind of starting to show. That's great advice. Thank you. What will the most effective healthcare leaders need to be successful in the next two to three years? I would say it's almost the same that it's always been, uh, but as a whole, they, uh, we're all going to have to be a little bit more flexible. Um, as generational changes happen, and I think we've kind of seen that happen, uh, us leaders have to be more flexible with our operation models, our HR models, and kind of thinking outside of the box. You know, one thing that I think would help is we're going to have to adapt our training and operational philosophies to match the HR trends and consumer behavior. Uh, I think you might start seeing more groups and practices, uh, even on the general spectrum, niche down a little bit, just like if if they were specialists, uh, because that can help with the onboarding process. Just like patients may not have a long long, uh, life cycle with us, our own teammates may not as well. So that means you have to onboard people a lot quicker than you used to, knowing that by the time they get ramped up, you can't spend six to nine months with them to get ramped up in your system because if they leave by month 18, you don't have as much time with them to get optimal uh, results from that. So I would tell everyone that the most effective leaders are going to have to figure out what in their operational system can help with that uh, and uh, just kind of be flexible overall to meet the consumer, which in this instance is our own teammates, uh, where they ultimately want to be at. Great. Yeah, it sounds like that flexibility and adaptability is going to be really key um, for future leaders. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Patel, for your insights and your time today. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. I appreciate the time. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.